0: City Video. This is Russ. You have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year. <sighs> Hello, and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. Tonight, this is Russ Berlingame and Zach Roberts. Hello, and we are going to be talking about Jack Reacher. Yes, the first one. <laughs> Uh, an important distinction. Yes. Yes. Uh, I haven't seen the second one yet, but I've heard that from literally everybody. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah. So if you haven't seen this film, it is one of, as we said, two adaptations of a book series by Lee Child. I believe there's 13 books last time I looked in the series. And the, the Jack Reacher movie is... Loosely based on one of those books, but has weird little elements of like three or four different books that creep in around the edges. Yeah. I do know the same can be said for the second movie, which if I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think ironically the second movie is based on the first Jack Reacher book.
1: How so often that shit works, isn't it? <laughs> like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the basic gist is you have Jack Reacher who is a former military cop, basically. I can't remember what his official title was, but he, uh,
1: he's an MP. He's just a military police officer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he, uh, he now travels the country like, uh, David Banner in the old seventies, incredible Hulk TV show with nothing but one outfit and whatever, whatever money he's got on him. (laughs) And, uh, he, he writes the wrongs of the world, uh, mostly by force. Yep. Uh, in in this instance, he's played by uh, Tom Cruise, which, as I recall, was a source of much wailing and gnashing of teeth among the people who yes. actually read the books.
1: Yeah, well, he is, um, Tom Cruise is almost the exact opposite of the character. Yeah, <laughs> the character, yeah. Based on what I've heard, because I'm not, I haven't read the books, um, but based on what I've heard, the character is more along the lines of, uh, he's like six foot, he's six foot five and slightly not, he's. He's in good shape, but not yeah. like ripped like the way yeah. that uh, Tom Cruise is in this. Um, he's probably more of a uh, – um, oh, God. I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> another – but he's definitely not this character. I also believe he's no. also visibly – I think he's an older dude, too. Like, he's not... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise is basically Tom Cruise, so he, he doesn't age. Um, So it's hard to say. Like, Tom Cruise basically continually plays, like, a, thir- a late guy in his late 30s. For like yeah, past, exactly. He, basically, for the last 20 years, he's played that character, <laughs> or that role. But
0: uh, And I, I, I will say, I, I have some experience with these books. My wife loves this book series, and so uh, when we used to travel more regularly than we do now, I've heard a couple of... Um uh, I've heard a couple of the audiobooks. Yeah. Uh mostly the later books, and so he's a little bit more well established. But I think the the funny thing about it is that, you know, these are those audiobooks that it's not like a full cast presentation, but Reacher has a very distinctive voice in the book. Yeah. yeah. And it's like this kind of nasally baritone sounds like like a 60 year old Jewish man <laughs> speaking from the very bottom of his register. And mm-hmm. so you, you very much get that sense that he's like this kind of hulking, but not necessarily strikingly handsome or anything kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: which, yeah. which is one of those things that like, cause I went like the fandom went through this for, um, uh, Clive cluster books, uh, with Dirk, yeah. it, where, you know, Almost in no way, shape, and form is Matthew McConaughey Dirk Pitt. Um, but, uh, and also like even more so Giordino, the, the, the second kind of the, the, the cohort, um, to yeah. Dirk Pitt's character is not, oh, damn it. I'm forgetting who actually played, um, was it
0: Penelope Cruz or?
1: No, no, the, no, the guy, um, Penelope Cruz was the woman who, I mean, they're they're basically interchangeable. He's like a Bond character. Yeah. So he goes through a uh, woman every, you know, every, uh, book. Um, but, um, wow. IMDb does not actually have it listed, uh, correctly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve Zahn. I just- oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Steve Zahn who, uh, emotionally plays the character really well, but, uh, uh, Giordino is basically, uh, Wolverine. Um, like the way that in comic books, what Wolverine is, is basically the guy that like, oh, here, here's a superhero. Let me just catapult you over a wall or through a wall. And that'll be you. That's Giordino, um, not Steve Zahn (laughs) in any way, shape and form. But, but so, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, uh, but honestly, I, I enjoyed Sahara in the same way that like, I don't know, like, I don't think that his character, um, at least the way that, at least they in, in, um. In Jack Reacher, they at least changed the changed the character and what he does well enough. I think that he's able to um, pull it off as yeah. not being like a you know Brookshitt house of a guy or something like that.
0: So. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that they they adapted they adapted Jack Reacher to Tom Cruise well enough, which I think makes sense because as far as I and I could be mistaken, but I, I'm pretty sure this was one of those scenarios where tom cruise actively pursued the rights and so the idea of this was always that he was going to produce and star
1: yes yeah uh, i think it's I, I think it's uh i'm trying to see where the production companies are but i'm pretty sure he produced it mm-hmm. um and yeah he he i guess he. Lo- he's one of those actors that loves his character and you know so yeah uh
0: the the plot of this movie basically centers on a sniper attack, which if you recall right around the time this book was written, there was the DC sniper and this was a thing that was in our kind of, uh, pop culture discourse for a while. I think there was an episode of bones that centered around one of these. There was an episode of, uh, CSI that centered around one of these. And it was, uh, this idea that somebody, if they're going to just shoot randomly from a long distance, how can you possibly, you know, fight that? Yeah. Uh, but uh, of course in this instance what you have is you have somebody who's the incredibly obvious suspect who is arrested and tells the, uh, the, the cops essentially, I'll only talk to Jack Reacher. Yep. And Reacher somehow hears about this and shows up and ends up becoming essentially a an advisor to this guy's defense in spite of the fact that Reacher was the one who put him away ostensibly for life for war crimes in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's this thing where the frame job was kind of custom made for this guy. And if Reacher hadn't shown up and been like, well, this isn't his MO at all, yeah, he p- it probably would have worked. And yeah. so you then end up with this weird thing of Reacher dealing with like small town corruption Because, uh, the people who thought that they had all this taken care of are now scrambling to try and figure out what to do with this like crazy black ops ninja guy who's in the (laughs) middle of their, their operation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is like, I think it's, it it looks like Pittsburgh, um, but it's kind of, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I forget whether it's
0: actually Pittsburgh or not. I mean, um, but, uh, I, I assume so. I know the sequel was definitely shot in Pittsburgh, yeah. Cause yeah. I remember I got a set visit invite or something. Uh,
1: oh, damn, you should
0: have transferred that over to me. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to go. I can't, I think it, were, yeah. I think it was a year we were both at San Diego. Ah, uh, fun time. Uh,
1: um, but yeah, it's, and I, the, there's a great, and there's a great, because it's not just your kind of your average, um, low level crime, you know, mm-hmm. with a guy that's like way above the class going up against like, you know, mid tier city mobsters and that sort of yeah. thing. There's this larger, Conspiracy that he kind of uncovers, which obviously I, I assume this is spoilers. Um, just yeah, just yeah. going forward, uh, you know, spoiler build. It's you know very. It's an older movie. I don't even know if it's on uh Netflix or what, but um, but uh, there's a great, you know, Werner Herzog plays the fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the zach. Zach. um which which some for some reason by the way everyone knows just a little bit of russian um in this movie because they all yeah. go wait zach that means human and <laughs> yeah. or whatever uh
0: just a yeah. minor sidebar interruption because you you yeah you said something about netflix uh as far as i know this is not on netflix but it is on amazon prime oh okay cool. so i believe people can watch it for free yeah <laughs> uh but yeah uh this is one of those movies where the cast is super good uh the fact that most of the people in this cast are pretty well known and then you get to the ones who aren't and they're the ones who really surprise you like you yeah. you tweeted i can't remember the girl's name but you you Alexia, tweeted that. Alexia Fast
1: um yeah. she plays Sandy she plays basically the you know younger she she basically is used as part of this conspiracy to try to yeah. um get um get Tom Cruise, get uh, Jack Reacher out into, you know, an alleyway to get beat up by a bunch of her, her, I don't know who they are. They're not brother. They're not family, but they're like the basically the local low level gang uh like that's, you know,
0: sells meth in this area. Yeah. Yeah. She claims that they're her brothers when they all meet in the bar. And I assume that was just because, that way if he ended up getting arrested that he wouldn't know who to – I don't know. But yeah,
1: I think it's just, I think it was just a, like, why would they come to her defense otherwise? Yeah. Um, as opposed to being like, oh, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. But, uh, she is like re-watching this and actually, because this is, again, the kind of the premise of this was, uh, of, of us talking about this wasn't just, you know, oh, it's an old movie that one of us likes or whatever. It's like kind of the idea that like for me, Jack Reacher is one of those films that I can just put on in the background and, yeah. um, and, actually paying attention to it though this time to actually cuz i actually took like a ton of notes which is not something i usually do ever yeah. um but for, but like i i really like this film and um and like there's so many things that like i just started i just started really noticing and what the biggest thing was is that this character which easily could have been a throw off hot chick you know you don't need yeah. anybody she was really Alexia Fast was really fantastic, and she added to the role in a way that I don't think was I, not. I don't want to say necessary, but also, but not that that was very un, that was very unexpected. Because again, right. she's. I think that she held her her the little bit of screen time that she had. I think she actually held it better than uh Roseman Pike uh, who is one of the basically three main characters in the film.
0: Um,
1: and, and like, which just surprised me because she also, I mean, she, up until I think this role, she's had like a bunch of relatively big TV roles, but, uh, but she hasn't like, this was kind of her first big role, I think, um, Mm -hmm. looking back like before and just, it's, it's, it's great when you can actually have that. I mean, uh, David, uh, Oyolo, <laughs> I always another yeah, dude who I can you will recognize. Like he's he's one of those one of those guys that was like, oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Like when you yeah. see him, you're like, oh, that guy. Um, which is kind of everyone in this film. Um yeah. <laughs> like literally every single character. Um, almost down to the people
0: that get shot. Like, uh, are like.
1: think i recognize him or her yeah (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, the the guy who plays the district attorney so rosamund pike's dad i can't remember his actual name but i i thought i had to go to imdb right yeah 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 i had to go to imdb and look i thought for sure he was the guy who played ted logan's dad in the bill and ted movies oh yeah uh (laughs) uh, so you get a lot of those actors where it's like is that and half the time it's yes and half the time it's no yeah (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, in, in terms of weird connections, uh, the DP on this movie was Caleb Deschanel, uh, who I didn't realize was a DP. I knew he directed a handful of episodes of uh, Twin Peaks. Ah, oh, cool! But he uh, he appeared in Twin Peaks, and of course, his kids are uh, Zoe and uh, or Zoe yeah. and uh, Emily, the stars of uh, the new girl and Bones, respectively. Yeah. Uh, and and so it's every time I see his name someplace that isn't directly related to like either Twin Peaks or his kids, I'm always like, oh yeah, he's still a thing. Yeah. And like he's really good. I mean, this movie is really well shot. Yeah, uh, that's one of the, one of the weirdest things I think about this movie is the fact that uh, it's a kind of brainless action movie, yeah. and so many of the technical elements that tend to get taken for granted in this kind of movie. Are really good in it, yeah, so cool. that you're just uh,
1: yeah i I made them note, which is something I just never really paid attention to, <laughs> the opening eight minutes of the film are are there's no speaking, it's just soundtrack and yeah. And so I literally I had to go through and scan that. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. Oh my god, like this type of film. Could you imagine sitting in the theater not knowing and just being like, oh, it's a Tom Cruise action film, and going, yeah, whatever, you know? Because this is the type of film. I think that obviously, you know, with the Jack Reacher crowd being kind of probably pissed off in the casting and not really caring, yeah. potentially not caring, like this is why this film I don't think did that well. Like it's like if it was sold as anything else, like mm-hmm. I think it probably would do well, but like. You literally – also you title it Jack Reacher, yeah. which kind of implies that you're supposed to know who the fuck Jack Reacher is. Yeah, um, it's the same
0: thing that they did with Alex Cross the same year yeah, yeah. Uh, where it was just like, yes, this is theoretically a best-selling series of books, but it's not fucking James Bond. Like yeah. just give it one of the more interesting book titles and move on. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, no, I mean they don't even name – which is a confusing thing too by the way because they don't – notice there is not a James Bond film named James Bond. Right, yeah. Like it took how many like it took like uh um what seven um uh Jason Bourne films to get to when you actually just called it Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> like, I don't understand why they do this. And then they followed up with the sequel at least which they gave Jack it was Jack Reacher um and never then Never Look Back I think. Yeah, Never, never... Look Back or something like that. Yeah. Um but <laughs> I just found that um interesting but again, I mean, I I'm surprised the the like the score mm-hmm. is shockingly good and extraordinarily appropriate and builds and actually does something that, you know, usually have kind of relatively generic scores or in low, in mid, mid tier action films, you usually have music, you have just, you know, rock music of some level or whatever. This doesn't, this uses for the most part, it uses a score and it does it really, really fucking well, which is shocking.
0: And that ties, that ties for me, I think, into the fact that the sound design of the movie is really good. Like, one of the things that's really interesting about this movie is that this is a movie full of bone crunching violence, and there's very little in the way of actual bone crunching. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you don't get that kind of exaggerated, kind of stage combat sound design that you get in almost every action movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, he fights like Jason Bourne, but doesn't, it doesn't have the, you know, the loudness of that. It's just, Simple and relatively yeah. like muffled, you know, hits. Yeah, which
0: is, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the one of the scenes that the the scene where I started really paying attention to that was the scene about an hour in where uh, they try to make the guy eat his own hand. Oh, wow. and and you're just like, eight out of ten movies would have really like they would have made that that scene unwatchably uncomfortable by coming up with some sound design that was really grotesque. Yeah.
1: And and it's interesting too, because it's not, um, there's a lot of death in it, but there's not a lot of, uh, lingering on anything. And, uh, like, yeah. people get shot, people get killed. And and actually, in fact, most of the people that get killed get killed in a blood, in a kind of an actual way they would kill people. Like the way that, um, unfortunately, um, Alexia Fast's character, uh, dies, uh, mm-hmm. Sandy, she just dies. Really quietly and like they, they don't shoot her. They don't like figure out some massive way of, you know, killing yeah, her. Yeah. She just gets hit upside the head, like kind of the way that a lot of people die in everyday life. Yeah. You know, like just they get hit over the head with something. They don't get shot. They, you know, some guy has a baseball bat and wants yeah. to rob or rape or do whatever. And that's what they use. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, like that kind of goes down, to there's a fantastic, And kind of hilarious fight scene, which is, I think another thing that really needs to be pointed out about this film is that it's, it does physical action in almost a way you'd be like, did Jackie Chan have something to do with this?
0: Cause that scene in
1: the bathroom when they get into the fight, um, and Tom Cruise is basically up against three big. You know, big fucking dudes. Um, mm-hmm. and one of them has a gun. One of them has like a claw or baseball bat or a club or whatever it is. And like he
0: takes them all on. He, but he gets
1: his ass kicked as well, but it's mm-hmm. fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I remember thinking at the time I, there were a lot of people who took umbrage to that scene because it was kind of absurd. Yeah. And my, my thinking behind it was like, but at least the absurdity was funny as opposed to the absurdity of every other similar scene where it's like, well, we're just going to have him take down three people. And it's like, there, there is a point where, especially if you're a fairly grounded movie and he's not going to be like repelling off the side of the building and then popping in the window to surprise them or some crazy thing. Like there is a point where we've kind of seen every believable grounded, relatively bloodless way that he can take on three to five people at a time. And so like, making it less about him having God mode turned on and more about them being kind of not great at this and overestimating, you know what I mean? Uh, It actually worked for me. I do remember some people being like, rah, 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 rah at the time, but even rewatching it again, it's like this holds up largely because of the fact that it's not inherently more ridiculous than any other version of a fight scene you see where you got your main character taking on a handful of people.
1: Well, it's it's also, I like it, it's a nice way to deal with the stupidity of, which it's at this point has been parodied upon parody upon parody of, oh, I'm taking on four guys, I'm one guy, and the guys, the the enemy comes at me one at a time. Yeah. Uh, Which again, I think they dealt with that really well in Um, the, the bar outside the bar fight where he's just like, no, 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 what, you know, I'm taking on three of you guys or two of you guys, two of you guys are going to run. And so really it just means once I take out you, it's going to be fine. And like they dealt with the absurdity of it. And then, and then this bathroom scene, they were able to deal with the absurdity of one dude, however awesome at fighting he is, he's Mm -hmm. taking on like 750 pounds worth of muscle. Like it's only going to be a matter of time until one of them gets you know a good a lucky swing with whatever they have or a lucky you know shot or whatever yeah like, like the, even the most highly trained fighters aren't making out of this you seal team six doesn't make it out of a raid without a, a bruise you know yes. and and so like I I actually think it was a good way to deal with it Um. Uh. and and being able to actually add a little bit of humor into it is is always welcome
0: yeah uh, one thing I will say, uh, cause we've been, we've been talking a lot about kind of the things that they did really well. There's one thing I didn't love. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just the technical choices that they made, which is revealing Jai Courtney immediately at the start of the film. Uh, because I, I feel like you could have gotten a little bit more mileage out of the ambiguity of whether, uh, the other guy was guilty or not and yeah. And and by introducing Jai Courtney immediately, uh you lose that ambiguity and every time Jai Courtney comes on screen, you're expecting something. Yeah. And and it it feels a little bit like those early episodes of Columbo, where it yeah. would be like, We're gonna show the the murder happening and then the whole episode is really about how Columbo is gonna prove that he did it. Yeah. But Columbo is a procedural cop show, and so you know that the story is going to be about proving how the guy did it. With Jack Reacher, it's, it's supposed to be something a little bit different, and I would have liked for them to retain the mystery for at least part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, And, and again, I don't know what went into that decision. I didn't, I don't, I don't have it on Blu-ray, so I don't know if there's a director's commentary or anything. But. Yeah, I'm.
1: Curious. It it would make it it would make it a very different type of film because I mean I, I I think when I think the Columbo comparison, um, is is very good because I think that it's it's allowing you to walk through this with with Jack Reacher in the kind of like to find out like mm-hmm. it allows you to be smart. It I I don't know if it's cheaper or whatever. I it, it I think though it would just make it a very different film. Um, and I'm it could be better or it could be worse. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I, I honestly didn't even think about that being different, but, uh, now I'm curious on, well, you know, maybe we, maybe we can have the, uh, um, uh, uh, who's that dude, uh, who does all the re-edits? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but, uh, yeah, uh, another thing I thought was really effective was the, uh, like the rundown of the victims that they did. Uh, it's funny. I re- I, I remember that whole middle section. Uh, with Rosamond Pike talking to the victims' families and stuff like that. Yeah, being being longer and being more dangerous. Like in my mind, for whatever reason, that guy didn't just brandish a gun at her, but he tried to actually pull something.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. So. When I was watching through it again, I was like, this is a lot more effective than I remember. First of all, because it's more subtle. And second of all, because, uh, this is a movie that does a lot of exposition in the dialogue. And that whole segment where essentially people are supposed to be expositing to her, yeah. uh, played really well.
1: Yeah, uh, I, yeah, no, I, it's an interesting twist and it's 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 something that could I think it, it'd be interesting to see the film without it um but uh it's it's at least something that because I mean this again this film is you know there's probably especially in the again this is like a 90s film um oh, it's yeah. like something we've been having this conversation a lot about but um this, you know, and there's like probably eight thousand films, you know. I think Denzel Washington did at least four of these type of films where he's just, just a, a cop or a offbeat dude, you know, whatever, you know. For some reason, he's working outside of the law, yeah. Um And but not, he, but he's not also like just shooting people, like <laughs> you know, like uh, Clint Eastwood or some shit. But uh, it, it is, it, it does add a different kind of a different look at it. Um, and also kind of, a I, I, I can't tell whether it's done for like actual plot development or whether it is just kind of to give that character something to do while Jack Reacher is off being Jack Reacher. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it does, I mean, it does kind of end up, it allows her to have information that she wouldn't have had um, otherwise. So, mm-hmm. which which is useful because then you don't have to have her like, I don't know, shown a piece of, shown a document, um, from, by, like Jack Reacher hander this and like, look at, read this document.
0: Yeah. I, I also do think, I also do think there's this element of these books are, they're, they're the kind of book that your grandfather reads, yeah. you know? And so I do think there's an element of defense attorneys bad in this sort of fiction because you, you're, you know, it's like, well, They're just trying to get the loophole so they can blah, 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 blah. Like think about every police procedural on television. And so uh, probably this was a really clever way of kind of working around the fact that the the Jack Reacher target audience, at least a big chunk of them, are predisposed to not side with the defense. And so (laughs) essentially having Jack Reacher advocate for their position and be like, you need to go and make sure that you're sympathizing properly with the victim's. Uh, it it was probably the kind of thing that helped sell him working with the defense to the target audience in a way that was kind of, it was subtle enough that it wasn't poli- like overtly political, yeah, but that kind of dealt with the, the inherent, like, like I said, the, my, my gut instinct is that probably the people they're marketing these books in this movie to a lesser extent too yeah. are primarily people who are going to be like, oh, defense attorney, you know? Yeah.
1: I, I will say, uh, it's kind of sidetracking, but, um, uh, like looking at my notes and, um, one of the things I, I, I like how this book or this book, this, <laughs> this movie, it still feels like a, a book to some level, um, like there's certain lines that I just don't know why, I just don't think that would be uh they're not really film lines, they're more book lines, which is something like, I don't know, she just said the auto parts store. Yeah. Um, and, which I feel like I, I just I, I feel like it would be written a different way. Um and so it feels God, what's the old mystery novel novelist? Um Agatha Robert? Christie? No, oh. no, no. No, like the the guy in the trench coat and a gun. Um Sam Spade, kind of, kind of that world. Like it has, it still has like a little bit of that feeling mm-hmm. in it, um, which, which is something I, I, I just like a lot because I, I, I just don't. The most of the dialogue in in a lot of films like this now are are mainly either a to get from point A to point B or witty asides which this film has yeah. a ton of witty asides and, and i also enjoy that they're really <laughs> shitty and and kind of stupid <laughs> like the i'm sandy i uh so was i at the beach last week you know that sort of thing yeah um which i <laughs> uh, which i i just enjoy i don't know why i mean i, I guess it's it, this this film i kind of put as a a not in the same quality, mind you, but for me the level of enjoyment is like Hudson Hawk. Um <laughs> which is I really, really enjoy it, but I kind of accept that there's like a bunch of stupid shit in it.
0: Um but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh what was the other? oh oh uh another kind of random aside, but it was a thing that I took a note on. Uh you get the the shirtless scene with Tom Cruise in this movie and all i could think was you know he's still an a list actor and a sex symbol and all this but now that we've had 10 years of like ultra cut superhero actors yeah it's like Eh, Tom Cruise is shirtless. It doesn't, it's just not that impressive. <laughs>
1: just, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things where like, especially now because you look at, it, because he's had scenes, you look at, uh, I'm sure there'll be a handful of scenes in the, the new, um, Mission Impossible film yeah. where like he was, he's now like, obviously he's still not at that level that like, you know, fuck, even, uh, you know, Star Lord got, yeah, it's yeah. up to, um, right. because he's not, he's not a superhero. He's still just a dude, which is kind of part of his, Hardly yeah, Carter's part of the thing. But in this in this film and I who knows whether he is trying to look really ripped, his crazy ripped, but he still yeah. looks like he looks like what he is in this in this uh in this film which is a guy who used to be in the military walks a lot for a living, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it looks more natural than say again like, you know, um any if of the, any of the actresses. Yeah. Uh, yeah if yeah. he was in a Marvel film who yeah. looked like no, that's not just being really in shape—that's like they go to the gym. And I don't necessarily believe that that Thor goes to the gym, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, maybe I believe. I don't believe
0: that Captain America goes. Uh, I
1: don't know.
0: Anyway. <laughs> but. but yeah, I mean, it's—it wasn't even really a, a a like. It certainly wasn't a complaint. It was just kind of yeah, a funny yeah. observation that it's yeah. like. The the bar on this has changed so much in the last ten years because the yeah. nature of. It. <laughs>
1: Yeah, r- reminds me.
0: There's a there's a great
1: Family Guy joke um, where they're watching an old movie with like, uh um, <laughs> oh god, Stalic. What the hell is in Stalic Seventeen? Um, anyway, but like one of those. It's like, wait, is is he? I'm gonna wait a second. I me mean, like, I want to see if you're actually in shape or are you like old? You know, old movie in shape where like you look at like. The guys that were in shape in a lot of these movies, you know, black and white era. Yeah. I mean, you're like, no, they look like a, they have a dad bod. (laughs) You know, we are like, yeah, no, it looks like they could pick some things up, but it doesn't look like, you know, they could kick my ass. It looks like they just, you know, they can lift heavy things, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like your
1: neighborhood mechanic, you know, they're not, you know, a, a highly tuned killing machine. They're just... Yeah, a guy you probably yeah. wouldn't want to get into a fight with, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like the George Reeves Superman. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly that body type, yeah. <laughs> but, uh,
0: uh, yeah, that was that was the thing. Uh, another thing that, that, and this is kind of jumping all over the place, but uh, I remember the first time I watched this being a little taken aback by the twist of the cop being dirty. Yeah, And then in hindsight, I like watch this movie and I'm just like, maybe I wasn't paying that close attention. Cause I feel like when we get to the motel as they're carting her body away, yeah, which by the way, there's like 50 minutes left in the film at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's like, as soon as I see him, uh, the way he responds to Reacher, I'm just like, Oh yeah, he's clearly the bad guy. Like, how did I not see that? <laughs> like, that wasn't like a cop thinking he's got his man. That was clearly like, there's something weird going on in the way he's playing this scene, which is both good acting on his part. And also kind of a weird creative choice, because if people are paying more attention than I was the first time around, they should have caught on like half an hour before they were supposed to. that he's.
1: Well, I think it's, I think it's still, um, again, I I've seen this film so many times. I don't really remember my initial reaction to it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that he's kind of in the way in the world of the the her father, the district attorney. Um, yeah, where it's just like could go either way. I don't know. I, I think he also seems int- like the 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 police officer seems interested in Jack Reacher enough as in like oh here's a finally a good a, a good person to go up against. Like yeah. you know he's really good at his job, but. Like it's like, you know, you're working in a mid tier city or whatever, like it has that feeling where it's like, oh, at least now finally I have a competitor that I can actually whether this is just in trying to get the guy convicted or yeah. whether it's a larger thing. But it also but I I think it also really it it kind of hammers home the banality of the corruption with the the Zek, um yeah. where it's just you don't he does he basically is doing this to just do it um Mm -hmm. which is which is i feel like there's no greater plan he's not trying to build a larger leonardo leonardo you know he's not leonardo leonardo uh which yeah i went with the clerks animated series reference not the eight billion other references that you could go with (laughs) um thank you kevin um but um he's not you know he's not some evil overlord or it's just like that's that's so overdone, especially in, yeah. especially in movies like this where like, no, it's just a dude who's, he's, I, I like the fact that he's not even in it to like basically make tons and tons of money. He's just in it because this is what he does. Yeah, like, and I, I, it's, it stays away from the, it's, it, it crosses an interesting kind of Venn diagram of like, He's kind of a great supervillain then. Like you could be in a comic book because it's just that's what supervillains do. Like they're villains, but yeah. also he doesn't but on the other hand he also does it in such a banal way that you know, he's not really doing it in a supervillain. Like they cover up the murders. He he doesn't want to be known, you know, he in that right. way he's, he's not like a classic comic book villain or even a, you know, even like a Clive Custler you know, villain who wants the kind of the fame and attention
0: that of the villainy Villainry. Yeah.
1: Villain. Villainy. <laughs> villainy. Villainy. There you go.
0: But yeah, I mean uh, the, obviously the big, the big indicator of that is the way they deal with the, the jeb of it all yeah. where I, I, first of all, you're watching that scene and I'm like, this is absurd on a scale that doesn't make any kind of, because, because like, uh, chewing, chewing your frostbitten hand or fingers off in order to avoid, uh, gangrene getting to the rest of your body yeah. is an entirely different animal than chewing your perfect good fingers off because yeah. like you can feel pain and there's blood and there's all kind. like, this is, this is <laughs> not, this doesn't work. Like the thing that you're so, so clearly like from the moment he starts that whole thing, it's like, Oh, so we're just, we're going to kill this guy. And this is, this is how the guy's amusing himself before we do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then the fact that they, rather than let it be like, huh, there's this weird exotic murder where the guy like tried to bite his own hand off. Yeah. It's like, no, no, we're just going to make it look like he left town. <laughs> like, uh, and, and again, I think uh, the strength of this movie tends to come in the banality of it, not just in the villains, but kind of all across the board. You know, in your notes, you talked about the the, the thing with the dialogue being kind of very utilitarian and it's the same thing i was saying about the sound design there's no like mission impossible super superhero sound design and so to me like so much of this movie is just presenting the movie and being like "Here, here you go guys and and that's when it works best uh when it when it gets really big and really wild is actually when it starts to drift away from itself a little bit because you're just like, this doesn't feel like the movie I was watching a minute ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I think again, and I think the score does that really well too. It it has no, there's no peaks. It's just that low level hum and it stays away from the, you know, the ridiculous over the top scores of uh, Christopher Nolan films or anything like that, you know, and it, and it keeps it in it like kind of the low, again, the, I have used the word seven times now, the, the low, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's kind of a eve, there's an evil, evilness to the score, but it's mm-hmm. just a low level, the kind of the low level drum of bureaucracy. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, like, like, uh, you know, this film could be Brazil, you know, in some yeah. level. Um, and it's like, cause that's almost the, I, again, that's like one of the villains of this movie is the bureaucracy of kind of, you know, whether it be large cities or small cities, but mid, mid-level cities. And, you know, there's the district attorney that, you know, the only reason why he's really kind of involved is because everyone knows that the district attorney gets his man and everybody either pleads guilty because he knows he's going to go for the death penalty and they'll get it. And, right. you know, and so you have these people kind of fighting against the status quo um, all around, whether it be the lawyer um, or whether it be Jack Reacher. Um, so it's mm-hmm. like, again, the score, the score just fits it so perfectly. And, and especially combined with, again, I can't emphasize that opening sequence. Now, again, it's like weird that I paid attention. Like how many times i watched this film and yeah, didn't paying yeah. attention to it. Um, but like eight minutes and 24 seconds, <laughs> literally wrote down a note of, and they just present the case. Um, and it is really like, like like you said, like a Columbo or, or there's other, there's other TV shows that kind of like present the case to you at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that law. It's basically law and order to an extent. Like yeah. usually you end up seeing who did the killing. Sometimes you don't see their face. Sometimes you do. Um, uh, but that's not really important. Um, but it mm-hmm. presents, so, you know, going into it and then you just get to kind of sit back and allow to watch everything that happens. But yeah. Um, uh...
0: I think the, uh, the other thing that I really, I, I really kind of enjoyed was the, again, speaking to the fact that these are all people who aren't actually very good at this, kind of like what we were talking about with, uh, with Upgrade, yeah. where he's he's just a dude and, and you know it was stem that was doing all the the heavy lifting and he's just kind of a dude and he didn't really know what to do in most of these situations and i feel like most of the people in this movie don't one don't understand the scope of what they're involved in and two wouldn't be prepared for it if they did yeah uh you know you go and and you get weird things like having you know they they spent more time arguing with the manager of the auto parts store <laughs> Yeah. Then they spent on that fight scene in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's not a bad thing. That's just kind of an observation about like this is this is the film's priorities. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you have an ending. I mean, one thing that's like yeah, which is kind of, you know, it's a classic, you know, whether it be TV show or comic book or movie ending, which is the superhero or the hero of the film basically has to go run off and leave kind of everyone to deal with the <laughs> the pieces. I mean, like I what I would love and, you know, there's a great Lenny Bruce bit that's sort of along this line. <laughs> but I um, are like but the idea that like that this poor lawyer like she's left in this quarry <laughs> where like yeah i guess police are showing up but but again we don't know if <laughs> we don't know though if all of the police i mean did did jack kill first off jack killed a cop yeah and police are coming and she hired jack reacher to be like how do you get away with? How do you get away with this? Especially since you murdered and clear at point blank range murdered Zach, the guy that has all of this information and can actually admit to it. Yeah. Um, and but they just like drive away. And first off, Jack Reacher's name is known by everyone. Now, like the problem that they end this film, this is like my only problem is that the next film would should goddamn well have to be be like, well now he's a wanted man. Yeah, um, because. He murdered people, like however you want to do it, justified or not, but he killed people and has to at least, you have to at least show up and say, okay, yeah, no, it's cool. No, we understand you did it to defend people, but you still have to show up for that. But now this poor, this poor lawyer needs to somehow clean up all these messes, the corpses that are literally all over the place that he took out. Um, oh and by the way there's a third gunman there's another gunman like if the police actually policed this crime scene they know well some there's a sniper up in the uh, uh up shooting while at the same time that uh, you know Jack Reacher was hand fight fighting by hand in a rock everybody else that came along yeah um, and you go wait and then also by the way this opens up an entire world of the Zek has done this. He goes from city to city, screwing over low-level bureaucracy, making tons of yeah. money, and moving on. So this now opens up basically an international or nas- at least national um, investigation into a crime syndicate that yeah. has at least a—I would say—at least a dozen police officers. But you're telling me there's just that one cop that he shot? No, those yeah. cops that are coming down are gonna fucking murder the lawyer. Look at <laughs> they up like a crime. She's dead. That's why we don't see her in the sequel. (laughs) By the way, this is just now I'm figuring this out. Jesus Christ. This is a really dark ending. (laughs) Cause I mean, at least, at least we know how police work at minimum. They're going to cover up what the bad cop did. Even if they're all not part of the scheme, they're going to be at least, Holy shit. This motherfucker shot a cop.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Oh and by the way we're going to go with the I mean the only thing she has going with her assuming the defense the, the the district attorney is a is actually genuinely top to bottom a good guy which I don't necessarily believe that they the ZEC would have allowed the district attorney to not be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> um Because it's kind of important, you know, like if you're going to take, you can not even, you can get one cop. Okay, sure. But you got to have the district attorney on your side too, because then at least you do get prosecuted and you're not going to get prosecuted. You're not, you mean, if you do get arrested in the murders or the, whatever else you're doing, the cover ups. (laughs) anyway.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, it's, it's funny. I actually, uh, I was watching um, an episode of Atop the Fourth Wall, which is a comics review show, yeah. and they had almost exactly the same conversation. There was like a, there was this terrible, ridiculous story from about 10 years ago where Superman was like walking across the country for one reason or another. And like he stops to like essentially burn down a meth lab <laughs> yeah. and and some kid comes and talks to Superman, and Superman essentially tells the kid, when they get back, you tell them that if they come back and rebuild, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this all over again. And the reviewer was like, Superman, you just killed that kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, you're
1: 12 years old, you deal with the thing. Oh, don't worry though, I'll be here. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, he's faster than a bullet, but is he faster than a bullet that's held against a kid's head?
0: <laughs> yeah. But so so yeah, it's 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 always funny when it's like oh that's that's a cool little moment until you actually think oh wait, God, which is
1: I mean it, the funny thing is such a shtick that like all these films do like so many of these films do where like oh, they yeah. walk off into the sunset and 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 when it's when it's James Bond. Or, you know, or that kind of type of thing where it's the CIA. They get to, yes, they get to drift off into nowhere and nothing, you know, nobody, no, they just don't have to deal with it. But Jack Reacher's name is in evidence. It's entered all over the place. He's also a findable person because he has, the only way he lives is by taking his money from, uh, From the, from the military. Like, so he's a guy that can be grabbed, captured pretty easily, you know, to some level. He's not, you know, he's not a CI agent. He's not a whatever. They know what he looks like. His, his face is all over every security camera in the, in the city. Like,
0: it's, it's a lot like the joke that we made about, uh, Cartel 2045, (laughs) where it's like, okay, so this movie ends and clearly the next movie is how these guys get out of here. Now that they've killed the head of the cartel and everything is just mayhem. Yeah. Like (laughs) sometimes you, you, like, yes, you can, like you said, sometimes you can get away with that and be like, well, you know, he's a spy. He's a, whatever. He's a superhero. But like, yeah, when you're just like a bunch of dudes, there is that thing of once you screw up the entire lay of the land, how do you get quickly out? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's got him shot. I mean, I, again, I'm just, I'm like, he genuinely left her there to die. Um, <laughs> because there's not just one cop. There's never just one cop that's bad. Like it can't yeah. be, you need to have somebody that's covering up for you. Like, like you have a, you have to have a partner in crime to get away with shit. Like, and it's not, he's not a small town sheriff, you know, this is not walking tall or whatever. Like yeah, you yeah. can just get away with, get, get away with this shit because he rules the land. Like there's an entire police force you know? like that is now driving down this road that has to be involved in some way, shape and form. Yeah. <laughs> and he's driving off. Oh, and by the way, like they're going to be able to trace so many things (laughs) like he's not a good he's like not a good cop that's all i'm saying he's not really a good he's like he gets away with you know and and then there's that weird line at the end um where the lawyer like is talking uh the lawyer is talking to the bar the the guy who's suspected and then which by the way like was we forgot to mention he's he's literally put into a coma because of corrupt cops threw him in uh, a paddy wagon with a bunch of other people who are basically clearly told to beat him up and put him into a coma. Like, which is sh- like right off the bat, like Jack Reacher walks into a situation where he goes, Oh, holy shit. All these cops are corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, which again, also there's that which, great scene in, in the police station. And, and
0: the funny thing is he kind of does like, yeah, he, he doesn't actually go far enough to, Resolve the plot in the first 10 minutes, yeah. but he does yeah. kind of come and be like, So which of you assholes did this on purpose?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the cop completely, totally just admits it with his, with basically the way he looked and be like, it was a mistake or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, uh huh, sure. Um, but there's a scene where the only thing, the only, I think the only piece of dialogue in the entire film that I would just be like, it needs to be struck from the film um, is the fact that at the end where he goes, he doesn't care about the law. He doesn't care. I I, I wish I actually wrote down what specifically he says because it's kind of important, but he, he's talking to his lawyer, James Barr uh, from his, from his hospital bed, woken up from the coma. Um, and he's just like, Oh, there's this guy. He's going to come for me. Um, meaning Jack Reacher is like, right. he doesn't care about the law. He doesn't care about, and it's just like, he doesn't care about, justice or something i forget what the whole line was and it was like wait a minute he literally just he could have said fuck off thank god this guy's in a coma yeah put him away because he murdered like four five six people or whatever in in uh um overseas in in during combat and yeah they were bad guys but they were still people who were murdered and the, the person who killed them should have should have been put away. So, like, he does... The entire film kind of says one thing, and then there's that last little bit of dialogue where he goes, he doesn't care about... He doesn't care about the law, he doesn't care about justice, or he doesn't care or
0: whatever. And you're like, wait a minute! Yeah. <laughs> <And> he does. <laughs> like, well, otherwise I mean, and,
1: this whole film is bullshit.
0: <laughs> the entire... Like, the entire premise of the film is that he cares about truth. Yeah. And implicitly about justice because the two go hand in hand uh yeah like it is accurate yes he doesn't actually care about the letter of the law obviously because he's constantly doing things like pretending to have a uh, a warrant or beating up on some jackass just because he knows that there's no real consequences for it Mm. uh but but to 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 act like he's indifferent to or flaunting justice is it it flies in the face of everything else that's happened in the entire movie. Yeah. (laughs) Which is weird. Yeah. And again, it's the kind of thing that's really weird to have as your closing speech. Yeah. Uh, It's almost like, I mean, it's almost a subversion of a trope because obviously what you're expecting in that scene is, You're expecting the explanation of the reason I called him – like, the reason I asked for him was because I knew that even if it went a place he didn't like, he would do the right thing because that's what I saw in Iraq and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's literally 180 degrees different from the speech that you think he should be giving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's almost, it's like, were they trying to like subvert something or were they just, I mean, maybe they were just trying to set up the fact that he's like an outlaw who plays against the rules. But I don't feel like you need that to be exposited because it's pretty clear from everything that happened in the movie. Hour and a half that we just, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. just sat
1: through. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird because then they have at the end, he gets up and there's a scene where he's clearly going to like beat the living shit out of some, um, uh, guy uh some dude who's you know beating up on his girlfriend we assume yeah, on the yeah. bus and you're like that literally could have been the ending um but we needed this weird scene where james barr wakes up which is again i i think it would have been okay it's good that they closed the loop on bar getting some level of justice and not the fact yeah. that he's going to jail you know it's not like he's just in a coma for the rest of his life that would kind of suck plot wise but um I also go, as opposed to that that talk at the end, it would have been better literally to just leave him in the coma. Yeah. Um because also it would have been justice to some level because yeah, he did yeah. murder a bunch of people. Um and he murdered bad people again. Like these are people who probably deserve to be shot in the shot shot by a sniper's rifle because they right. were, went on a rape rally uh beforehand. They're basically Blackwater uh types who got away because they're blackwater types. Yeah. Um and which is also another interesting thing that they threw in there too uh which i enjoy um uh but yeah it's just it's such a weird ending uh, now that i'm actually like talking about it yeah, um, yeah but especially especially oh i guess actually no we do assume that she got out alive because that scene is after the scene
0: oh yeah she right, got out right. of
1: the quarry alive at least i guess we know that
0: <laughs> there you go so that that's something but yeah uh it's such a weird and and again like it's you see those kinds of speeches all the time and you know kind of what they're going for which is like you see the hero wandering off into the sunset while other people are talking about him yeah and and i get it but again like what what they're, what it's saying doesn't match either the visual of what's happening as he's leaving yeah. or anything that came before it. So it's just kind of an oddball ending. And I agree with you. I, I kind of would have preferred to just have it be like it ends with him about to exact justice on the next asshole. Yeah. Uh We didn't really need anybody to talk, at, talk about it after that. Yeah. I mean he totally also – um
1: you know, th- there's clearly setting up a, a world in a sequel. I mean, mm-hmm. at least that's top, you know, clearly was Cruz's dream on this. Um, and it seems weird <laughs> again. You're like, they set up this entire fucking world where, um, <laughs> that he has to be a wanted man. She's not magic. The lawyer's not magic and neither is, <laughs> and neither is, uh, the district attorney. Um, uh, because this is not just this one city mm-hmm. that's that, that he involved with. It's, clearly they set up a world where it's multiple cities. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's such a, I mean, it's like kind of any, any of these movies you look at have these, have these issues. It's Uh, it's funny. I never really,
0: I never really thought about it that deeply because in the books, he is periodically wanted. Yeah. Yeah. and, i don't I don't recall it ever being specifically a through line from he did something in book x and then in book y he's wanted for it but that wouldn't surprise me I just vaguely remember him being a person of interest in a bunch yeah. of crimes and of course because he's a dude who drifts through life and has no documentation it becomes a a larger than life thing where he's like he's on the run and it's like I'm not on the run I'm just hitchhiking across the country yeah like you can you know uh, <laughs> that kind of that kind of thing where it becomes like I'm just an old school hero in in a world where now everybody's expected to have a permanent address. Yeah. yeah. And so you call me on the hour. run.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. You call me on the run really I'm just walking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean also the I mean the sequel just picks up that way where it's just like he's able to walk into a military institution with no problem yeah. <laughs> whatsoever and then shenanigans go on immediately because but um <laughs> but it's but it is, it is kind of amazing. It was just like, okay, I guess really that lawyer really is just magic and was able to kind of clear everything up and he didn't have to go anywhere or yeah. do anything or, or maybe he did go back and like, oh, he was, there's a, there's a huge trial and there's a whole situation that we just don't know about.
0: So. <laughs> it all happens off camera. Cause it's less interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, like have this enormous, you know, cut feature. Where it's just like him sitting for a trial, him doing whatever. I mean, it's just weird in a film that has eight and a half minutes of uh, basically silence um, that just shows you things happening. Um, It is kind of amazing that uh, they didn't even, they didn't deal with that. Yeah. Uh. Uh, we'll say but, yeah, yeah it, we didn't talk about robert duvall is in this as well he's he's basically playing robert duvall in this um and he's i think just fantastic he plays a crotchety old guy who runs a uh a, a place you know a shooting range uh yeah. along to they call it a match uh match rate or basically it's a place that you could actually use a sniper rifle that sort of yeah. like distance um and i i think that his his character and his inability to bring a gun to a gunfight um at the end i think was was
0: good yeah yeah <laughs> like that uh i i think you sh- we should mention the the thing that you noticed that, that we were talking about before we started recording which is there is what appears to be a deleted scene in the the whole shooting range thing cuz the, I, I didn't even notice it, but you're, you're right. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. There's like a shot of this guy coming up behind the two of them.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's walking very purposefully at the camera. Uh, and you don't see him. It's like from the shoulders down. Yeah. And so it's like very, and, and you know, you, you said there was a music cue. I didn't, I, I, I was listening, I was watching it on mute because we were starting the, the recording, Yeah, but it it very much looks like yeah this is clearly supposed to be like there's supposed to be a payoff here jack is supposed to turn around and interact with this person in some way yeah. and that does not happen it just cuts back to the city yeah uh so so that was an interesting little bit of and again i don't think that it was inept filmmaking or or like the kind of thing where they didn't notice that because again this this movie is surprisingly capable in the technical departments
1: oh yeah yeah well I mean every everyone everyone uh, the director is uh uh Christopher McQuarrie um, who is directing um like all of the he also wrote it too. He did uh
0: he wrote The yeah. Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects, uh
1: writer of Edge of Tomorrow, um oh, mm-hmm. the mummy, sorry. Um <laughs> basically I think he's a Tom Cruise attached person because literally he's Yeah uh, but he's also directing uh, f- mission, he re- directed Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and yeah. he's doing Fallout as well. Um, yeah. the, the next Mission Impossible film. So, like, he knows his shit. Um, and it's interesting because he's only done four films and one is The Way of the Gun. Um, mm-hmm. and then Jack Reacher and then two in Mission Impossible films. So it's like, went from this to like, probably, probably a $30 million budget, depending on, you know, Ah, uh, Tom Cruise's salary took on this, yeah, yeah. um, and then to a, I assume, a hundred and fifty to hundred and seventy five million dollar budget film in Rogue Nation, and then again, yeah. probably even more in Fallout. Um, so, um, but I don't know, everything looks fantastic.
0: And McQuarrie <laughs> is yeah. one of these guys. I think that he, I think he's one of the guys who Kate who keeps being batted around as the director of the next Superman movie. No, oh,
1: I mean I think he would do well. I mean he, he certainly, at least writing wise, I mean, I think Edge of Tomorrow was such a fucking fantastic um that's which by the way is a film we should do at some point. Um yeah. because it's it's one of those like that's definitely a film that if I worked in a video store still I would be like, you know, no no ignore everything. Uh just watch this film because it just plays with every every convention and every idea of that you have about, you know kind of video game inspired action films and mm-hmm. does it Shh. like I, I still like i went to see that film because it, it it looked like good action in the theaters and was blown away with just how unbelievably good it was from top to bottom when it, when it comes to every literally everything across it mm-hmm. and so disappointed that like that's one of those films that should have done crazy amount of money but just i don't know whether i forget whether it was the advertising campaign i forget something was blamed with it that it just never caught on i forget whether it came out the same time as something else and
0: just i think it came get. out i think it came out like within a, a week or two of i want to say batman superman or something i i can't remember what but i feel like it came out within a week of something that made like 150 million dollars and it was just yeah. like oh yeah that was a movie that existed for a minute yeah yeah
1: Still disappoints me because again, again, it's also that film also set up a world, um, that was going to be sequelized. I think they're still mm-hmm. talking about making a sequel out of it, but, um, I'd be surprised unless Tom Cruise like goes, no, I'll personally fund it, which yeah. is also a thing that he could do. Um, <laughs> so. Um, it's an
0: interesting okay. movie because it, it's got so many people who like everybody involved with it were very passionate about it. The studio was very positive on it. The reviews and the fans were all very positive on it. It just didn't, it didn't come through in box office numbers. Yeah. And so I could totally see them doing a sequel in the vein of like Pacific Rim Up Uprising, where they find a way to essentially cut the budget in half and then go, okay, well, put your money where your mouth is, audience. Oh
1: God, what was it? It was. Came out the same week as The Fault of Our Stars and Obvious Child. So, what was the next weekend? The next weekend was How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 22 Jump Street. Okay. Hmm. And the week after that was Jersey Boys (laughs) and Think Like a Man 2. (laughs) So. And then two weeks after that or three weeks after that came Transformers 4, but, uh, and Snowpiercer, which is actually surprising, but, well, uh, but anyway. I will but yeah.
0: say, I will say, I'm pretty sure 22 Jump Street opened at like $110 million or some absurd. Yeah, thing.
1: it's just um, one of those like, I don't see that destroying it. But anyway, anyway, it's it yeah, yeah. so far beside the point. Um, uh, but the point is you should go, you should rent by whatever, uh, Edge of Tomorrow if you haven't seen it because it's yeah, yeah. fucking good.
0: And that's when we will talk about it. I still haven't watched it. Uh It's one of those movies I missed in the theaters and I believe I own it, but have not sat down and watched it.
1: I have it on Blu-ray. So if you need it, but, uh, but that was one that I definitely wanted to, I actually bought it right when it came out because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like again, since it was, it didn't do that well. I was just like, eh, it's going to be out and then like out, out in target and then never out again. Like, yeah. you're just gonna disappear off the shelf, uh, because they're just gonna let it die because they don't want to talk about it anymore.
0: Kinda like Justice yeah. League. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is $15 a target right now.
1: That's, uh, $13 too much. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so any final thoughts on Jack Reacher before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, again, I mean, this is, I think, uh part of a – hopefully, you know, part of whether it be a series or just a one-off, I don't know what, of, uh, you know, films that like are the go-to, just put it on the background, you know, you don't have to worry – you don't have to really pay attention to it. And I think that that – I think that most people, if you like us, it's it, – there's nothing to complain about in this film. Um, obviously we always find stuff to complain about, it, but yeah. but there's nothing to complain about it in the way that like going, Oh, this could have done, been, been done, you know, really much better and made it into a better film or, or, Oh my God, it's, it's so terrible. You know, we have to complain about every little bit. It's a solidly made film. Um, if you don't, even if you don't like Tom Cruise, Um, which I know there's like a very devoted, I don't, I don't really understand other than the Scientology thing. I don't really understand the abject hatred for Tom Cruise that a lot of people have. Um, but like, it's a solid action film. Um, but without like, again, kind of the stuff that they made back in the nineties when you could like really just, there's not a lot of, not a lot of politics in it. They're not trying to make a larger statement. They're not trying to do all this, which is usually the type of film that I like a lot, you know, like makes a yeah. large thing. There's nothing. It's literally, it's a film that exists. It's, it's the film that you would always watch it. You'd be like, Oh, it's on it at two o'clock in the morning. And I can't <laughs> fall asleep yeah, a, on yeah. TBS or whatever back in the day. Like this is the type of film. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth, worth a watch. Um, mm-hmm. everyone is solid, solid in it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, just, obviously this is the film
0: I recommended. So obviously I love it. Um, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> All right. And, uh, we will be back very soon because, uh, as we're recording this, it is the eighth. I'm going to try to get this out on the ninth, but on the 12th, we are going to have our Jurassic Games episode because that movie comes out. And since we, we got very spoilery. Like even when we were trying not to be spoilery, (laughs) it it was just one of those things. It was one of those conversations where we're like talking about who, who the villain is. And that's not really a surprise, but it is something that comes in like 40 minutes into the movie. So it's true. True. Uh, (laughs) But because (laughs) because the villain villain was like, (laughs) yeah, because the villain was like the best part of that movie. We just couldn't stop talking about it. And so Uh... it was, there was no way to cut like a (laughs) non-spoiler episode. So I'm just like, screw it. That, that waits until the movie's out. Uh, yeah, yeah. but, uh, thank you for, for listening. You should like, rate, share, and subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter at Russ Burlingame. Follow the show at Emerald City Video, or no, ECV underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Emerald City Video Podcast. And Zach, where can we find you?
1: Basically, ZD Roberts on Twitter, uh, zdroberts.com for my photo work and, uh, Zach D Roberts on Facebook.
0: All right. And, uh, we will be back, as I said, in just a couple days. That is less than the duration of a five-day rental. So uh, if you have any problems, stick it in the slot. That's a weird way to end. <laughs> <laughs>